Welcome back to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Gina and Eric Robinson. Welcome back. We are excited to be continuing our journey in 2 Kings today. and Very excited, actually. Yeah. We, we really left the cliffhanger last yeah. time. Didn't, <laughs> sorry to those who are hoping to get over the cliff, but we're going to build a bridge today or take over the cliff or something. I don't know. It's going to be awesome. Um, yes, it is. Um, great. This is a fantastic story. And just seeing the way it's put together really kind of leads you to see more in the story than the surface. Um, you want to, you kind of prompted to do because there's so many weird things going on. And so as we dig through those, I think that's where, you know, tremendous insights come when we start realizing, oh, this really is a story that has so much more to say um, than just than just a neat occurrence, which, have, I mean, really fantastical thing that happens that God does for everybody, but it's alluding to so much more. It's an amazing and obvious, mm-hmm. I think, foreshadowing of the gospel. Yes. Yes. So. It even uses the word good news, as we're yes. going to see. So yeah. um, it's, it's not, which is it's, not. Like, I think that's why I said obvious. It's just it's yeah. right there, but it even uses the words. And, the word you are on. We'll yeah. talk about that when we get there. Yeah. But uh, this story is, uh, like we said, we're still in this line of Elisha stories that we've mm-hmm. been seeing. So we're just we've kind of been watching as Elisha has been at work in a culture that is still a condemned culture. It's, right. it's a condemned it's a culture of reign. Death. Of, it's heading toward yeah, death. Headed toward death without question. And uh, the reign of Ahab's line is still on the throne. And so we are watching them to see just how God moves this forward. And we're expecting, knowing that Ahab's line is not going to be there any more than the generation that is there right now. So kind of, how's that going to end? And then, but even in the midst of all that, Elisha can, continues to do incredible work. And he continues to bring life everywhere. Yep, exactly. So, and and we ended last time with um, him promising Mm -hmm. or saying, you know, this famine that, economics that have gotten so bad they're starving inside so so much so that they're yes there's a siege um by the arameans and they are in a bad place they're even gotten to a place where they are eating their own children cannibalizing their babies and so it's it's really bad bad and elisha says hey by this time tomorrow it's all going to be Completely I mean, like, different. Yeah, like totally different, like night and day. Like not just kind of start getting different slowly. Nope, it'll all happen at one time and it'll be night and day different tomorrow. You'll right. be, yeah, but be eating himself right now. And this captain of the king hears him and says, If the Lord himself should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he says, You'll see it with your own eyes. But you shall not eat of it. Oof, yikes. So that's our prophecy from <laughs> right. Elisha to where we ended last time. The captain who had come to kill him is so angry. He's just ready to kill him right now. And so is the king. Right. He's come to take uh, his head off. Yep. And, uh, and Elisha tells him, hey, it's all going to be over tomorrow. And as a matter of fact, the price of grain will be at a nice low. It'll be a really economics are going to completely get all sorts of grain for a family. Yes, exactly. Economics will completely turn around in 24 hours. 
And the guy says, that's impossible. I mean, even if God wanted to do something like that, even God would have trouble doing it. I mean, that's, you know, it's just beyond the realm of thought. And to which Elisha basically says, look, your faithlessness is going to cost you because you're not going to get to eat of it now. You're going to see it happen, but you're not going to get to benefit from it. And at this point, we don't know what that means for this guy. We're just like, whoa, that sounds bad. Okay, what's going to happen? And that's where we left it. So So now we're kind of doing, the story does a shift here from 7-2 to 7-3, and we're going to look in on another scene that's Mm -hmm. going on at this time. So let's uh, start probably at 7-3, and I'm going to say maybe we'll we'll break this into three parts. Let's just start with 7-3 through 7-8. Now there were four men who were lepers at the entrance to the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. So now come let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses, the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come against us. So they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent and ate and drank, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried off things from it and went and hid them. Hmm. Okay. Stop right there for a second and talk about this. It is very interesting already, isn't it? Very, very curious how this is all going to work out because we're seeing these four lepers that we haven't seen before. Right. Again, we have lepers. We yep. had lepers just a few stories back. Yep. Well, we had Naaman. We had Naaman. Who was a leper. Who saw and cleansed. Elisha. Yep. Yeah. He was being used by God, being brought to God. Uh, and so we have four lepers here. Okay. Right. Not just one, but four. Right. And they are outside the gate of Jerusalem during this siege. Or Samaria. Slash, I'm sorry. Uh, Samaria. Exactly. Outside the gate of Samaria um, during this siege slash famine. And they are, of course, just trying to figure out what in the world, how do we, how do we approach this? We're probably going to die no matter what we do. And so they decide, is it really good to go inside the city during this siege? Because all that's in there is death. Right. We're going to die just like everybody else. And we're the lowest of the low. Right. So we're not going to get... Nobody's going to give, yeah, even a scrap is going to go to one death, you would think, right? Yep. And so then they're saying, well, so... But if we sit here, can't sit it, here outside the gate, mm-hmm. we're going to Still die. die. Nothing's going to Nothing good happens to us here. So why don't we go to the enemy's camp? So let's go over to the <laughs> camp and throw ourselves at their mercy because the most they can do is kill us. That's what they can. We can but die. Right. In other words, that's all that could happen. Right. I mean, 
death over there, death over here. So why not try it? We'll go give it a try. Throw ourselves in their mercy. See if they won't spare our lives. Uh, and if they don't, then at least where nothing worse has happened. Um, so then that's when they arise at twilight, it says, and go to the camp of the Syrians. So they arise at dawn. They go up, go to the camp of the Syrians and they get there, come to the edge of the camp and behold, it says there was no one there. That's striking. So surprising because right. it still looked like a camp set up. I mean, it's not like you and they went toward the camp where the camp was, but all the people are gone. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and horses and the sound of a great army. So that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites, kings of Egypt, uh, to come against us. So they fled away at twilight, in the twilight, and abandoned tents, horses, donkeys, leaving the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. Now you have to picture a camp of an army that has been prepared for a siege. You have to understand what that is. They're not getting close to the walls here. You're sieging a city, so you're just keeping everybody inside it. You're besieging a city. Right. They're keeping everybody inside it. You don't get close enough that you die. You know, your soldiers could get hit from the wall or something like that with arrows or something. No, you don't have to. You could just sit outside the city and wait for them to use up their food and use up their water or whatever, and they start dying off, and then they get desperate, and they do stupid stuff that wind up taking the city, enough of them die, they surrender, whatever. So that's all they've been doing. I mean, so you've got a huge army waiting outside the city that has to have provisions, including cattle, and animals, and grain, and they've got all this to feed them. Uh, and so, yeah, twilight, you're right. Um, I think twilight's probably yeah, think uh, mentioned here being evening. So I was saying twilight's morning, twilight's evening. Um, just as the I sun's guess. Going down. Um, yeah. And so uh, just interesting the way it says there. Yeah, they rose at twilight. Um, there was. That is weird. Maybe. Um, I, I don't. Anyway. Anyway, doesn't really it matter. doesn't matter. I just. The fact is, they're so if they're going. Uh, to the camp and they're finding all this stuff now that was left over and we're just being told here we as readers are being told here what happened now all they know is there's nobody there anymore there's all this stuff and so they are just looting here as they go this that's what you're thinking maybe they're thinking everybody will come back yeah, maybe they are. So they're now they're taking it all and they're gathering it, hiding it in the place, you know, like hiding it in one tent or something like that. But anyway, trying to use it for themselves for later on. But this is the idea because, you know, who would have thought that this is what they'd find when they go over there? So they're eating and looting and amazing. But the cool part is God has done this. God is the one who has caused this to happen. We saw this invisible army of God in the last story uh, that we told. The last story in chapter 6, the horses and chariots of fire. God does have an invisible army. God has an army that people can't see. And that, and so God is going to cause that army here to make it sound near the Syrians. So that seems to be the implication. And this army is strong enough to do what it wants when it wants. And it's God's army. And so it's going to drive the Syrians away, which is exactly what's going to happen. Wow. This is, uh, I think, really reminiscent of the Passover and mm-hmm. Exodus, that um, this invisible, mm-hmm. the 
angel of death or mm-hmm. uh, yep, the destroyer destroyer has come in the night to take out the enemy mm-hmm. uh, and some, uh, Peter Lightheart says in his book the God who employs things that are not to overcome things mm-hmm. the, okay let me say that again the God who employs things that are not mm-hmm. has overcome things that are yes that's right he is that God that makes sense yep. yes and, and so that's what he's doing here. He's overcoming them with a nothing, with the things things that are not, uh, if you will. I mean, from our perspective, things that are not. They certainly. just heard the sound. Yep, that's all they And did. thought there was a great army. And there was, mm-hmm. but it wasn't visible. Right, exactly. The, the author lets us in on that fact. But so terrified are they that they all as one run off into the, right. to, you know, into the darkness, um, trying to get away from this giant, vast army yes. that they think is coming. And they just them. left everything leave things behind as a matter of fact we're going to find out that they're just throwing things off as they're going they're going to leave a trail of debris behind them uh things that they're throwing off so yeah they are desperate to get away from here and the lord has (laughs) routed if you will this army without doing anything physical to them he has completely routed them so these lepers are going in and looting and they, they leave the for a little bit. They go and they hide the stuff that they've taken. Yes. And then they come back and get some more and go hide it. Yeah. Reminds me of. Uh, this actually reminds us <laughs> of Aiken a little bit. I don't know if that's what you're thinking oh, of. But, I wasn't even thinking but, of that. But, I, but we're going to see how we're going to watch something happen in a minute that's not going to remind going to go the opposite direction. But right here, when we're first reading it, we're like, oh, look, they've come upon great vast what God has done away with the enemy and they've come across the spoils and they're taking the spoils for themselves mm-hmm. that's the first thing we see but what were you gonna I was just gonna say it reminded me of the parable of the hidden treasure mm-hmm. that they found a treasure mm-hmm. and now they're, they're re hiding kind of it, it. Yes, yes absolutely I see that yeah that's interesting for sure so we've got so now we're wondering, but we're watching as they're doing it. And we're knowing, too, I want to point out, too, that we, we're keeping in mind lepers are, like you said a while ago, the lowest row of yes. society. That's what we're looking at. They were here. not welcomed the lowest in. of the low. <laughs> yeah. Right. Even you'd, wear, you'd, you'd talk to a tax collector before you get close and talk to a leper. These um, are outcasts. So, yes, true outcasts. Um, so we're keeping that in mind too, because these happen to be the ones who are going to wind up coming back in, in a sense, bringing, at least bringing the news of mm-hmm. salvation to the people. So right. let's see what happens in verse 9 through 15. Then they said to one another, We are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they came and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no one to be seen or heard there, nothing but the horses tied and the donkeys tied and the tents as they were. Then the gatekeepers called out, and it was told within the king's household. And the king rose in the night and said to his servants, I will tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore, they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the open country, thinking when they come out 
to the, uh, out of the city, we shall take them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants said, let some men take five of the remaining horses, seeing that those who are left, uh, left here will fare like the whole multitude of Israel who have already perished. Let us send and see. So they took two horsemen. The king sent them after the army of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. So they went after them as far as the Jordan, and behold, all the way was littered with garments and equipment that the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. As the messengers returned, and uh, see, and the messengers returned and told the king. Okay. So back up to verse nine, and the the lepers decide after they've been hiding things. Wait a second. This isn't right. We shouldn't just be hiding this stuff to ourselves. We should be telling people about this. This is an amazing thing. This day is a day of good news, good tidings. If we are silent and wait until the morning, wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. So maybe we are in the middle of the night here, like you said. Um, and now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they are. I think it's starting probably the next night because they've had to go out and hide things. Maybe so. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe so. It's uh, hard to say for sure. Um, but they, but they are having that change of heart, which is all important. Um, and this kind of sets us apart from the Aiken story that I brought up all ago right. because we're seeing, oh wait, they are. They're not like Aiken. Right. They want to share with everyone. They want these spoils to be um, received by all. And so even these lepers, who have not been. You know, who have traditionally been rejected by right. not treated well, probably society. Yep, they're they want to take this back and share the good news of this right. incredible victory. They want to do the right thing. They seem more. humble and generous. And... Yep, yep. So whatever's happening in their heart is a good thing, and they want to share the good news. Now, this is a word. This word for good news, of course, it's, this is Hebrew originally. When it got translated into Greek, they used the word euangelion here, which is the word that, that we, we use in the right. New Testament to talk about the gospel. Right. The gospel, and so here it is. That would be this word uh, in the Greek translation of the Old Testament. That's what you used here. So you can't help but hear it if you're a New Testament believer and think of the gospel. Wait a second. Right. Is there gospel in here? What kind of gospel in here? What is this? Exactly. Uh, and so you're forced to think, oh, wait a second. Maybe this is telling the story of how God routes our enemies without us even trying to do anything. We don't have to do anything. We're the ones under siege. This and then God's the, the one who shows up and, yes, takes care of our enemies without us having to lift a finger. And then winds up that we get to enjoy the spoils of that. We're the ones who are, you know, receiving all the goods, even though we didn't do a thing to defeat our enemies. He did it all. And so that's the kind of good news that they are bringing to the city. Interestingly, when they bring this good news to the city, how was it received? Did, yeah, what, what was happening there? Well, the king is very <laughs> he seems quite suspicious. Skeptical. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He, he thinks so that terrible. they're setting a trap for him. Yep. Which I understand. I might think that too. I might think that too. Uh, yes, I get that. And so they um, send out scouts. Yeah. To go find out and yep. follow wherever the Syrians have gone, track them down, and they just find all they find all the debris. Loot. All yeah. the stuff they've been throwing off. On they the were so scared, they were just throwing things out yeah. on their way. Just scared to death, trying to get rid of stuff mm -hmm. as they, and they went all the way across the Jordan. 
getting out of getting out of Israel to try and get away. And so, sure enough, they track them all the way there and find out. Oh my goodness, they have been leaving stuff off all the way, King. It's just like those lepers said. I mean, that army is gone, like really gone. Like they're not they coming are, back. Uh, uh, they were obviously trying to get out of here as quick as possible, and we have nothing but their that, that whole a whole army worth of provisions uh, is laying out in the fields now for us to go get like i said before we're talking about cattle and sheep and everything you would need to keep an army stocked for months as it sat in the field besieging a city that's what they've got there all the supplies that you would need to do that which you can imagine what it would take to do and so so it's a it's a it's an incredible haul that they're able to uh, have out there whole city's worth of food is sitting out there in the field so out they go you know they hear this wait sure enough it's true and we're going to find out. Yeah, uh, let's go ahead and read the next act. part and we can talk about how it all goes together. Okay, verse 16 through 20. Then the people went out and plundered the camp of the Syrians. So a sea of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Now the king had appointed the captain on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. And the people trampled him in the gate so that he died, as the man of God had said when the king came down to him. For when the man of God had said to the king, Two seahs of barley shall be sold for a shekel, and a seah of fine flour for a shekel, about this time tomorrow in the gates of Samaria, the captain had answered the man of God, if the Lord himself should make the make windows in heaven, could such a thing be? And he had said, you shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. Wow. This is crazy, um, but very much sounds like we're still on the same track of something God would something God would do if we were talking, let's say, in a typological context. I think we need to, <laughs> yeah, okay. I think we need to look at it from that perspective and ultimately. Now, at the time, obviously, the point is first, probably, that Elisha's word comes true. As right. amazing as it is, as stunning and silly sounding as that prophecy was, that in 24 hours, this famine will be completely over right. and everybody will have more and than God can do much more than we think yep. it's not beyond him to change even the economics of a whole uh, nation nation in a day yeah in a day it can for tra- good it can or for transformed bad. in a day that's right that's right for good he or bad. is in control mm-hmm. and he can do it yep so he's sovereignly proving that here and sure enough it happens just like Elisha says and, and the fact that everybody's running out, running out of the gate to get to it and find out that there's food over there, obviously, that's not being anymore hoarded by the Arameans or uh, guarded by them. So there are, you can imagine, great mobs running out of the city and toward the field uh, where the army was camped. The captain of the guard gets caught in this mob. Yes. and gets trampled to death, which is what's going to keep him from being able to enjoy this 
peace that God has provided. Um, very, very sad. But essentially, he's being he's being judged for his lack of faith. Right. That's what we're actually seeing here. Judged for a lack of faith. So from on the highest rung, near the highest rung, for sure, he's the captain that the king leans on, in other words, is I mean, guy. we hear this kind of thing today. People will say something, and I think we don't even think about it, but even God couldn't do that. Mm, right. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if even God got involved in anything better right. could happen out of that. Yeah. But we better be careful. Yeah. Yep. Because that really is expressing mm-hmm. our lack of faith and how small we think God is. That's right. That this problem is bigger than God. Right. This one's too big. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you wanted to get that involved, it couldn't be couldn't be done that would be that's a ridiculous thing to say and that kind of show yeah it kind of shows where our heart is in the whole situation we need to really check our check ourselves what do i believe god can do and has mm-hmm. the power to do and right. is willing to do um i mean faith 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 is he huge is the lord here. of the market yep yep he's over he, all the market can, all the time he's got all the abundance mm-hmm. it's all his yep there's nothing that he can't do to transform circumstances immediately on a dime as necessary. In fact, uh, this quote from Peter Lightheart says, Economic life is not governed by impersonal forces of scarcity, but by a God of infinite resources who can indeed open the windows of heaven. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. I had to write that down because yep. we need to, I, to, I need to remember that. Mm-hmm. Yes. My so good. scarcity mentality. And it's the easiest thing in the world mm-hmm. to fall into because the world pushes you to fall into that. Oh, you got to be careful all the time. Somebody can come and take everything you have right away. Um, or we might lose everything or everything might be gone for whatever reason. But that's scarcity mindset. And if you live with it for long enough, you just start believing that there's, you know, you right. all, you're always being, being very, very concerned when anything might take yourself. Take your food, take your house, take your clothes, and, whatever. And something may happen that way, but you've got to believe that God will That God's to you. over it, yes. That and He knows when it happens, one. and He's over that, and He knows how to completely end it. He's got all the power to do that at a moment's notice. So you just trust Him all the way through it. I love in this point. story that the lepers, the ones who are the outcasts and the, mm-hmm. you know, lowest of the low, mm-hmm. are the ones feasting. Mm-hmm. While this officer, mm-hmm. who's in high a high place, very high place, and very respected, mm-hmm. is getting trampled. It's just yeah. poetic. Yes, it is the it's the way the gospel works. It's the way the gospel works, which is that it's an the upside last down become world. first, and right. the first become last. That's what our story is showing us very much, and it has everything to do with faith. It has everything. It has everything to do with faith. The lepers were the first ones to go out there and find it. And then they found it and they brought the good news back to the population that was dying of hunger. Hey, we know where bread is. And then the population runs out to get the bread and the one, but the one who is most unfaithful, obviously doesn't get to go, doesn't get to participate. This is the gospel story. This is the story of how it works. Whenever God does what he does to round our enemies, and then provides for us um, an abundance that could not have been imagined. And I think that. it's um, a real picture for us of how we can't just depend on 
what we see. Yeah. Uh, all of this story is like that because it's not just the people that we see that are highly respected and doing well um, are not necessarily yeah. the Correct. ones that God is happy with. Mm-hmm. The ones who are outcast and lonely, lowly, I said lonely, I think, mm-hmm. uh, are not the ones that God is necessarily mad at. Right. Absolutely right. And in fact, when we read the gospel in the New Testament, these people, some of the outcasts and the lowly and the servants and the, you know, downtrodden are the very ones mm-hmm. who do carry the good news mm-hmm. to the world. That's the, there's our picture. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Guess what? We're all lepers. That's mm-hmm. what Isaiah was saying in Isaiah chapter mm-hmm. six. I'm a man of unclean lips and a people of unclean lips. That's he right. recognized that we're all lepers. That's right. We're all just these, these same, in this same condition starving as it were we're a bunch of starving lepers until god does what he has to do to remove our enemies with no help from us which he does with no help from us and then provides an abundance as we get to partake now of all that the enemy thought they could use against us becomes available to us and they are put to shame so very much the gospel picture very much the story Just of the gospel foreshadowing of all of that and mm-hmm. the coming of it the kingdom this strange kingdom mm-hmm. yep that takes in the lowest of the low mm-hmm. and often well it will exclude the proud mm-hmm. and i keep thinking of the pharisees and the sadducees the leaders the in the law uh, the religious leaders of the day who were so proud and thought they knew everything mm-hmm. in the end yes. they're the ones getting trampled really yes when the abundance is there oh yeah um, for sure because they didn't have faith mm-hmm. right definitely so love this story and love how it points us forward um, is foreshadowed to what's going to come eventually in Christ and now we're going to watch next time as we're getting we're getting toward the culmination of Elisha's earthly ministry um, and so even though we've got several chapters go before we see Elijah die what's happening here in rapid fire in these next few chapters uh, is connected to him still but it's all happening very, very quickly. And we're moving toward uh, the end of Elisha's ministry. But the fact that it's culminating with this story that we just read, mm-hmm. followed by what's coming next, which is the restoration of the Shunammites land, I think this is something we also have to take into account. What does this mean mm-hmm. for the Christian age? What does it mean for what us What is this telling today? us about Jesus? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Sure. I think even, I'm just gonna throw this in, I know it's time for us to quit, but uh, even this good news that has to do with food. Mm-hmm. You know, they're starving, they're hungry, but this uh, takes us back to Psalm 23, mm-hmm. where there's a table set before your enemies. Yep. Um, and that's kind of what's happened here. Mm-hmm. They are getting to feast. Yes. The enemies have run off scared. Mm-hmm. But. Correct. Um, yeah. So, yeah. There's just so much here. It's hard to get it all in. So good. I do love it. I'm excited to see what's next. Me too. We're going to have fun. 
So great to hear from ever, or great to hear from you. If you do want to send something <laughs> yeah. to us, we do love to hear Wish from you. Could. you. Wish we could um, hear from you. You can give us comments uh, through Spotify or um, through, you know, I think Apple as well. Um, you can certainly give us reviews, which would be extremely helpful, or five stars, whatever you can do would help us out. Also, uh, if you want to contact us through eatscripture.com, feel free to do that. Um, we will look forward to next time when we get to talk to you as we continue through Second Kings. So join us again in a few days. I uh, hope you're having a great week, and God bless everybody. We will talk to you very soon. Thank you.